Welcome to Book Bistro, where book lovers come to chat about the books, the genres, and the authors they adore. Today is Sunday, October 7th, 2018. I'm Shannon, and Stacy and Jen are with me. We are going to share some of our favorite books that center around witches. Hello, ladies. Hello. Hello. So it is fall, and a lot of people think of October as kind of a creepy, spooky month. And whereas I tend to really love October, I figured we could add some kind of supernatural things to a couple of the podcast episodes. I also really love witches, so that seemed like a great place to start, and no one seemed to mind when it was uh, suggested. So... Before we move into the actual recommendations, I just want to take care of the few kind of housekeeping things that tend to be at the beginning and the end of the show. So you can find us on Facebook by searching Book Bistro Podcast. You are, of course, free to like and follow the page. You can also ask to join the Facebook group that we've set up so that we can interact with our listeners and our listeners can interact with each other. You will find that linked um, on the Book Bistro Facebook page. We would love to have you. And you can email us with questions, comments, feedback, suggestions, um, anything of that nature. You can do that by sending an email to thebookbistropodcast at gmail.com. Again, the Book Bistro podcast at gmail.com. That, I think, is pretty much all of the introductory stuff I have. So, why don't we move into the recommendations? Um, Stacy can get us started, and then I will follow, and Jen can finish up the round. So when I learned that this episode was going to be about witches, I got super excited to kind of fangirl or geek out over one of my favorite trilogies of all time, and that is the All Souls Trilogy by Deborah Harkness. So the book I'm going to talk about today specifically is called A Discovery of Witches by Deborah Harkness. It's the first book in the All Souls Trilogy, and this book focuses on a young woman named Diana, and she is a witch who has kind of, um, she, her magic is very erratic. So she's kind of decided as an, as, a, as an adult that she's going to kind of forego her magic and live as a mundane human, not using any of her magic for anything. And so she is getting her doctorate. And so she has decided to study a year in, um, at Oxford, and um, she is doing some research in the Bodleian Library and she unintentionally calls forth from the stacks this ancient manuscript that it kind of sets into motion a whole series of, of very dramatic events. And when, when this manuscript is called forth from the stacks, it kind of brings Diana to the attention of the witches and the vampires and the demons, which are the three different types of creatures that live side by side with humans. And one of the vampires who is coming to kind of check in on Diana is named Matthew de Clermont. And he is an ancient vampire who is interested in this manuscript as well for his own purposes. And 
witches and vampires are two different types of creatures who are never meant to be together. But yet Diana and Matthew have this very strong attraction and they get to know each other. And Diana starts learning about why her magic is so wonky and unpredictable. And she also begins to learn a little bit about this manuscript and why it is so sought after by all the various creatures. So as she's learning about herself, she and Matthew are getting to know each other. And the thing that I found the most fascinating about this specific book is that the author, as Matthew the vampire is talking about the various eras of history that he has lived through, um, they're always pair. She's always pairing these eras of history with different types of wine And as a huge wine enthusiast, it was one of my favorite things about the book, kind of hearing about the various flavors and textures of wine through the ages and what that would taste like and feel like in the palate. Um, So this book is the first in a trilogy, the All Souls trilogy. Um, And it kind of is where we do a lot of world building and kind of learning about different eras of history And so this book, I think for some people, it was a little slow to get into, but for me, I was just so sucked into the story. I could not put the book down. And the other two books in the trilogy are even more amazing and more action packed. Um, This book, I think you have to get through the first half before you get to all of the action, but it's well worth it. It's like a beautiful, slow build. And it's just a really, really lovely, amazing love story. So um, her, her most recent book just came out in September and it's called Times Convert and it's kind of in that world. But before you read Times Convert, you really should try A Discovery of Witches by Deborah Harkness, the first book in the All Souls trilogy. And it's just a really beautiful story about a witch and a vampire, two different creatures who never should have fallen in love and, and kind of repercussions of their relationship. So I am in the middle of reading the first book in Lisa Edmonds' Alice Worth series. And I literally had to like pull myself away from it to go record this episode. I was just like, no, I'm only, you know, I only have like 10% of this book left. I want to, I want to finish it. So this is um, called Heart of Malice. And as I said, it's the first book in the Alice Worth series. And this is the story of Alice who is living under an assumed identity. Um, She is on the run from her grandfather, who is one of the most powerful men in the world. He owns this, or he doesn't really own it, he runs it. It's like this huge supernatural crime syndicate. And Alice, who is a blood witch, was kind of a slave to him. She killed people, she tortured people with her magic, she did all these things because he made her. When she was 24, she escaped by faking her own death, and she's now living across the country and trying very, very hard to fly under the radar. So she becomes a private investigator, and she mostly investigates kind of small-time things um, because she's really worried about doing anything bigger that could draw people's attention to her. Um, But she gets hired by this young woman named Natalie, who is concerned about some things that she's learning about her family, particularly her grandmother, who passed away like three months before the book starts. And Alice 
wants to help Natalie, but she's also kind of suspicious of the people who are coming into her life as like, a direct result of this case. One of them is this very hot, sexy werewolf named <laughs> Sean, to whom Alice is very, very attracted. Um, despite all of these kind of discussions she has with herself that, about how she can't trust people, she can't let anyone get close to her. There's also a ghost named Malcolm who is kind of her like assistant. And I don't actually hate this particular ghost. Um, so that is a credit to Lisa Edmonds' writing, I think, that I'm able to read a book where a ghost is one of the central characters, and I'm not, like, throwing my iPad across the room. <laughs> so this is definitely the start of a series. We get a lot of world building, we get a lot of information, but it never feels like we're being flooded with it. It's all done in a very accessible dynamic way and i'm just so so in love with this book um the second book is out already the third book comes out on tuesday and you have no idea how tempted i am just to stay in this world like read this whole series back to back to back which is not something that i usually do um so i I just I don't have enough good things to say about this, and I'm not even finished with the first book. But this is Heart of Malice, Alice Worth, book one, by Lisa Edmonds. This is going on my wish list, like, immediately. Like, it sounds so good. I can't wait to try it. I have to say that the first book is the only one that's available on audio if people okay. are audio readers. So um, be aware of that if you choose to pick it up that you'll have to finish the series in another format so my first pick and I will apologize in advance because I have some very atmospheric thunderstorming happening um, so if it sounds like people are like bowling in the background that's what's going on um, so my first pick is dance upon the air by Nora Roberts. This is book one in the Three Sisters Island trilogy. And I'll touch on the whole trilogy a little bit, but I'm going to focus in on the first one because it is the first one. Um, and in this book, we see Nell Channing and she has come to Three Sisters Island to escape her very abusive marriage. And she is actually also um, living under an assumed name and and she goes to this bookshop and gets a job as a cook in this bookshop and cafe and she meets Mia the owner and um she also in turn um meets Zach Todd who is the local sheriff and she's immediately super attracted to him and they start a romance but she feels still very guarded like she's just very concerned about her past coming back to haunt her and she's still living in a very uh, afraid like she's living, she's living from a very fear-based space. Um, meanwhile, she finds out that the island is cursed and the only people that can really do anything to reverse this are the descendants of the three sisters um, who founded the island back in 1692 that were witches. And she comes to find out that she is one of those descendants and starts to come into her own powers. Um, this is, like I said, a trilogy, so it goes Dance Upon the Air, Heaven and Earth, and Face the Fire, and each book centers on one of the three women 
Um, so book one is about Nell. Book two is about Ripley, who I'm thinking is Zach's sister. That's mm-hmm. so I read uh-huh. these a long time ago. Yeah, I read these a long time ago. And then Mia, um, the bookshop owner, uh, cafe owner, is the focus of Face the Fire. And I really, I love this trilogy so much. I've read it at least a couple of times. Um, specifically, the first and third books in particular were so wonderful. Um, so again, this is the Three Sisters Island trilogy by Nora Roberts. And the first book is Dance Upon the Air. And they are all read, I believe, commercially by Susan Erickson, I want to say. Maybe. It's, I, don't um, I can't remember, actually. No. It's no. Sandra Burr. Sandra Burr. Oh, that's right. It is Sandra, Sandra oh, Burr. Oh, you're right. Yeah. You're right. I'm <clears throat> sorry. My bad. So Sandra no. Burr. The next book I'm going to talk about, I was very skeptical about because um, it's classified as a cozy mystery. And I hate the word cozy and I hate the word mystery because those are two things that I don't love. And so when you put them together, I was like, this is not going to be anything that I love, but I'm going to try it because it's about witches. So the book is called Secondhand Spirits. It's the first in the, um, oh, like the witch mysteries, witchcraft, witchcraft mysteries mysteries by Juliet Blackwell. And I started it with a great deal of skepticism, um, but it's about a young woman who's a witch and she has just opened a vintage clothing shop. So a secondhand clothing shop in the Haight-Ashbury district of San Francisco. So that sucked me in right away because San Francisco is my, where part of my heart and soul will always dwell. And she basically what happens is she, she has an affinity for old clothes. She can kind of pick up vibrations of people and, and things from these old clothes. And so she has this vintage clothing shop. She's trying to be in legitimate business for the first time in her life. And she kind of becomes enmeshed in this sort of um, investigation on a missing child because she knows that there's like involvement from this like terrifying demon who um, kind of lures children away from their homes. And so this whole book is about how she's trying to solve this case and try to figure out what's going wrong and what's going on. And so she comes to the attention of um, um, the San Francisco PD. She comes to the attention of um, a, a myth buster who is like his whole focus is on kind of like proving the lack of true supernatural happenings. And there's also this very strong male witch who has captured her attention and kind of is sort of this erotic presence in her life. Um, and the thing then, so there's all these serious things that are happening, but then she also is gifted with a new familiar who is a gargoyle type creature um, or a goblin. But um, when people are around, he turns himself into this little pot belly pig and it's just, it's ridiculous, but so delightful. So apparently if this is considered a cozy mystery, then I actually love them. So if you're looking for something that's really kind of spooky and dark and a little terrifying, but also takes place in a, really neat area in San Francisco. I highly recommend the first book in Juliet Blackwell's witchcraft mystery series. And it's called secondhand spirits. And I'm almost done with book two now, which is called a cast off coven. So um, it's, they're just really, really good reads. So I highly recommend them. I definitely want to read those really soon. Very, very good. I, I love mysteries. And actually if the cozy isn't too silly, I, I like, I like certain things that are classified as cozy. 
(laughs) It's just a weird word to ascribe to a book. These are cozy mysteries. Like it just kind of makes me feel like a, like, an older woman like sitting there knitting in a big overstuffed chair, like <laughs> really like with like a teapot, well, like, you know. And and this book is not mm-hmm. like that. It's pretty dark. Um, oh, but, I think like, the good. implication is it's like sort of like almost like a comfort food. Type yeah, thing. yeah. Like a comfort food read. Yeah. These are more than that. They're quite good. So I I highly recommend them. I tend awesome. not to like things that are cozies. <laughs> um, I, I just don't. But I did uh, grab the first couple of these, so we will see. I can't wait to hear what you think. I will let you know. So let's kind of keep with the trend of things that we are skeptical about. I have heard for years and years and years, like I feel like for 10 years or so, probably more, about Kim Harrison's Hollows series and this witch that she created named Rachel Morgan. And everybody told me, oh, you have to read these. They're so cool. They're so much fun. And I would look at the synopsis and I would just go, like, this seems silly. Like, these people seem, like, kind of ditzy. And I I just couldn't deal. And finally, (laughs) last year, either last year, either beginning of last year or the end of 2016, I read the first one, and it's called Dead Witch Walking, and I was hooked. I don't know now why I waited so long to read these. So Rachel Morgan is a bounty hunting witch who lives in a little place kind of very near Cincinnati, and it's called The Hollows. And it's a town where supernaturals kind of reign supreme. And Rachel works for this governmental agency and she does like bounty hunting things, but she does them very badly. <laughs> and I didn't think I would have a lot of patience for this because um, I, I don't like to read about inept characters. Like I want people to know what they're doing and to be good at their jobs. And I just didn't expect to have a lot of patience for Rachel. But Rachel is tired of playing by the government's rules. And so she strikes out on her own and goes into business with this vampire named Ivy and a pixie named Jinx. And together they form a kind of investigation service. Um, Rachel like does some, some spell work as well. And they come to the attention of some very powerful humans as well as supernatural beings. And this is a very long series. Um, I think it's about 15 books long. I have read the first six so far. And I really enjoy Harrison's world building um, because she takes kind of familiar themes of witches and vampires and demons and shifters but makes them very, very unique. Um, her, her premise sort of is that people are, like supernaturals were discovered after this sickness hit the world. And the sickness was caused by tomatoes. <laughs> so things like ketchup are, are terrible. Like people are horrified by the idea of ketchup and they're very, very afraid of tomatoes and pizza sauce and all these things. And so it's, an interesting mix of like kind of quirky fun and darkness. 
And I'm so glad that I finally decided to read these. And I urge everyone else to pick them up as well, even if you go into it with like more than a healthy amount of skepticism. So the first book again is Dead Witch Walking and it's The Hollows book one by Kim Harrison. So I went out to dinner tonight and I had an excessive amount of salsa. Should I be alarmed? Apparently. <laughs> I, these are on my, these are on my wish list. I, I will definitely try them. So I'm going to stick with the quirky fun theme. I love Discworld so, so much. Um, it's quirky and fun and satirical and smart and it's just oh it's so great and so wonderfully this, ridiculous yes I adore it so much um, so this is a very long series I don't remember how many books long it is but it has some spin-off series and there's sort of like series within the series but I'm going to talk about the witch books which actually technically start with Discworld book six but it's the witches book one and then there's six um, witch books all together within the witch part, uh, witch books within the Discworld series. And one of them is actually a, um, a novella, I believe. So there's five full length novels um, and starts out with equal rights. Um, and in this, this wizard wants to um, bestow all these, these magical powers on the eighth son of the eighth king, right as they're born. But um, surprise, the eighth son is not an eighth son. It's an eighth. Is a, is a daughter. And so Granny Weatherwax is one of the witches. <laughs> yes, they all have very unusual names. Um, she's like, oh, this is fine. I'll just, I'll take this child and I'll train them as a witch and it's, it's fine. And I was like, well, I don't know about that. And she's like, no, it's fine. And then she's like, and they, so she and the other witches uh, who are like, a Mar I'm going to say her name wrong, Marguerite Garlic. <laughs> and Nanny Og, um, they all like decide they're gonna, you know, teach this this young girl, and so and then this girl is going to infiltrate the all male, uh, you know, wizarding school of the un unseen university, and um, the book goes on from there. But it, it just it, Squirrel in general is just so goofily delightful and smart and satirical and wonderful. So it's like you're reading this really funny, great stuff. But there's also like social commentary that sort of sneakily happens. Um, and it's just, it's so great. Um, so again, the first book in the um, uh, which part of the Discworld series is um, actually technically book six within the entire Discworld series, um, but it's called Equal Rights. And the last one within the which part of the series is called Carpe Jugular. <laughs> Jugulum, my love. Jugulum, it. sorry. Carpe jugulum, right? Like carpe diem, carpe jugulum, yes. Um, so I anyway, love it so much. So great. I, it's so, so great. Um, just the whole series is wonderful. But I love Terry Pratchett's writing. Um, and I can't recommend Discworld or any of the spinoff series highly enough because they... And you, you, if you can read them on audio and you love audiobooks, please do. Um, and I think there's actually even, like, I think I watched, like, a little, like, movie of... Um, of, of some of his stuff too, like some of the some of the Discworld books are made into movies, which are pretty fun. So anyway, I love it. So again, it's um, Equal Rights, uh, The Witches, Book One, Discworld, Book Six by Terry Pratchett. So sticking with the more lighthearted approach to witches, um, the next book I'm going to talk about is 
A Witch's Handbook of Kisses and Curses by Molly Harper. And I love this book so much. I've read it at least two times, if not three, because it makes me so happy. And it's about um, a young witch, and her name is Nola. And she comes from Ireland because she has to try to figure out um, something that her grandfather left, which was um, she has to try to find these four artifacts to kind of um, end a curse. And so she goes to Half Moon Hollow, Kentucky, which is where the Jane Jameson books take place. And she starts working at Jane's bookstore because her grandfather is the man that owned the bookstore prior to Jane owning it. So she's trying to figure out where these artifacts are um, in this bookstore. And um, in the same you know, place as she's trying to work at this bookstore and find out where these artifacts are, she has this very sexy neighbor named Jed who shows up at these very odd times, like when there's... I want to say it's a possum in her house. Yeah. Um, and yes, I know, right? I screamed when that happened too. Um, and he's just always around and there's like this, this, um, these different like monstrous type beings that show up randomly. And it's just this really delightful romp through Southern traditions and, and like in a small Southern town. And I just, I love Molly Harper. She's just so funny. I mean, her books make me laugh out loud routinely. Um, so you're not going to find a lot of like really deep, serious characters in her books, but you are going to have a really wonderful experience with characters that you enjoy reading about and you kind of relate to. So, um, you know, if, if you enjoy books by Molly Harper or enjoy kind of lighter, funnier books, I highly encourage you to pick up um, The Witch's Handbook of Kisses and Curses by Molly Harper. I love Molly Harper. Books. Have you read that book before? Jen? No, I haven't. I have. I have. I have it. I haven't read it yet. Okay. Um, the most recent one I read was How to Date Your Dragon, which I oh, loved. that was good too. I love that one too. Yeah. yeah. I just her stuff is hilarious and great, and the romances are so fun. And yeah. Yeah. If I'm ever feeling down or sad, I just I always read a Molly Harper because she just mm-hmm. always can make me laugh out loud. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, she's great. So I will stay with something a little bit more lighthearted. Um, nothing that I read is quite as lighthearted as Molly Harper, but this is as close as I can come. This is the Bewitching Bedlam series by Yasmin Gallinorn. And this is, there are so far five books and three novellas. And I, I just, I love Yasmin Gallinorn. So of course I love you this do? series. You do? I didn't I know. I do. Oh, I know. It's, it's very I hard to guess. tell. I know. No. It's a very like deeply buried secret of mine. <laughs> very subdued. Yeah. Yes, yes. So, Bewitching Bedlam is the first book in the series. But even before it is this novella called Blood Music. And normally, I don't like novellas, but you kind of have to read Blood Music to understand this world and these characters. But the series is about a witch named Maudlin. She goes by Maddie Galloglass. And she has opened up a bed and breakfast on this island called Bedlam. <laughs> and it is a place where supernatural beings live. And it's, like, it's part of the San Juan Islands. It's off the coast of Seattle. People can like know about it but it's it's very like it has all these diversion spells and like humans rarely will come upon it and maddie is 
a witch who used to be married to a human and is really trying to kind of get her life back to the way that she has always envisioned it. So she opens up this bed and breakfast and she finds in her basement this vampire named Aegis. And she's a little disgruntled about this at first because vampires are dangerous and she doesn't really want one in her house. But before too long, she and Aegis are in lust and later in love. And it's a book that I didn't necessarily expect to like. I knew that I wouldn't hate it, but I didn't expect to love it as much as I do. Um, the characters are these kinds of people who really feel like, like family. And I, I love reading about them. Um, I love kind of the like antics that they get up to. Maddie has this cat who is a little bit more than a cat. And he's big and orange. And if you rub his belly, he might, just might, grant you a wish. And I keep trying to figure out, since I also have a big orange kitty, um, if I rub his stomach, will he grant me a wish? So far, no. But I'll keep trying. <laughs> and it's just, it, it's a lovely, lighter take on fantasy. Um, it is pretty hot in terms of sex. So if that troubles you, you might not want to pick this up. But I'm so glad that she decided to write it and that I have been able to embrace it so completely. So this, again, is the Bewitching Bedlam series, started by Blood Music and then followed up by Bewitching Bedlam by Yasmin Galanorn. There's also this short story about Bubba, who is the big orange kitty cat, and how he and Maddie meet like 300 years before the Bewitching Bedlam series starts. It makes me so happy. What's that one called? The Wish Factor. Oh. So my last pick is a book that I've been wanting to read. I saw it and I was like, oh, I want to read that soon. And I'm so glad I did because this is not only a top read for me for this year, but is one of the top of the top, I think. Um, it was just so utterly unique and so captivating. Um, it is The Witches of New York by Amy McKay. This is read commercially by Julia Whalen. Um, this is so multifaceted. I mean, it's so it's it's set in Gilded Age New York. So we have this wonderful historical setting, right? Um, and there's romance and there's mystery and there's strong female friendship um, and strong women and just this book is just so great so um, in this book we see um, these two women Adelaide Tom and her business partner who is um, Eleanor St. Clair and Eleanor St. Clair is a hereditary witch her mother um, taught her all about making potions and tinctures and teas and and all about you know doing magic with herbs and everything and we get to see glimpses into her mother's grimoire and her grimoire throughout the book as sort of like um, little kind of prefaces to the chapters and sections and things um so that's really cool and um so does that is her main magical focus if you will is knowing to kind of how to cure what ails you and how to do all these 
things, you know, with, with herbs in, in the natural world. Um, she has this amazing um, familiar that is a raven that talks called Purdue. <laughs> it's like a very cool, which sounds ridiculous, but it's really not. It's, it's not ridiculous at all. And then um, Adelaide, who is her um, business partner um, and owns this shop called Tea and Sympathy with her. She, her main gift is divination and um, her mother was a gypsy and she was, she being Adelaide was attacked by this woman and had acid thrown on her and was very scarred from this and lost an eye and all these things. Um, but she hasn't let it deter her from, you know, going out and living her life. Um, she is a bit hesitant about romance, but she begins to have this wonderful romance with this really cool doctor called Quinn Brody, who had been a medical doctor and who's injured in the war. And then he gets, he's, he's, his father passed on to him a, a love of the supernatural and kind of figuring out how the supernatural and scientific intersect. And he wants to kind of like, sort of, you know, prove that these, these supernatural things do happen that people can communicate with spirits and, and things like that so he's so he he does a lot of you know research in this and experimentation and so he's a very fascinating character and he becomes not only um in love with adelaide but he also becomes very good friends with both eleanor and then this young girl beatrice young woman beatrice who comes to work at the shop with adelaide and eleanor and basically be their apprentice um, especially under eleanor um, Eleanor herself is dealing with um, the um, dissolution of an affair that she was having with a woman who ended up getting married. So that happens and that causes some problems um, for them with their with their business in terms of this lady's like husband starts to cause them a bunch of trouble. Um, but then she she does end up you know having some good things happen for her romantically down the road. And then meanwhile, there's also this demon running around trying to do a bunch of bad things. And there's this priest who is also running around um, thinking it's good to kill a bunch of people. And um, it's just, you know, and there's just a lot of things happening in terms of like, you know, their um, the suffragette movement has started. And so there's a lot of cool historical things happening. Um, and, and Beatrice, um, her main power is that she can interact with spirits and she's very afraid of her gifts at first and her gifts have brought her to the attention of both this really creepy priest and the demon um and so that you know it develops more as the book goes on but i just this book is just so magical i mean there's ghosts there's fairies there's magic there's romance there's mystery there's history there's strong female friendship there's people you know women coming into their own power you know it just you know feminism in the gilded age it's just i i can't recommend this book highly enough i loved it so much again it is called witches of new york by amy mckay and it's long but i seriously like blew through it in like a day maybe a day in a little bit i i adore it so much I want it. I do well, too. Well, actually, I have it. It's sitting on my iPad. <laughs> yeah, I need to read this book. It sounds like everything that makes me happy. Yes, it is just, oh, it's so beyond great. So, Stacy, you and I both have one, one more uh, additional. Yep. So, I suppose we should do the last round. I think so. So, my final book 
I'm so happy I discovered this. The book is called Boundary Cross. It's the first in a trilogy. And the author is Melissa F. Olson. And this is one of the most compelling urban fantasies I have read in a million years. It's not your typical urban fantasy where you're just like, yeah, 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 all these things, all these whatever. So it's about um, a woman named Allison Alexandra, and she goes by Lex in her adult life. Um, And she has been honorably discharged from the army after a pretty significant injury that somehow she managed to survive. And she's just been kind of skating through her life back home um, as a civilian. And she's working at an all night kind of convenience store. She's working the night shift. And, you know, one thing about this book, she is a twin, a fraternal twin and her twin sister died about um, 10 months before this book starts. And so what Lex does is she helps her brother-in-law take care of her, her twin's daughter. And the book begins with, um, she's working in this convenience store. She's setting up this very elaborate soda display, trying to, you know, get advertising to be, you know, more. And she, um, has just finished a soda, soda display when this couple walks in with a child, they're in the diaper aisle fighting about like what size diapers to buy this child. And she, you know, she's kind of bored. So she kind of ambles over to help and realizes that this couple has kidnapped her niece. Oh, yes. And so she takes out the man with a uh, glass jar of baby food. Like it's just, it's kind of quirky. Yeah. Right. And, um, you know, she gets stabbed and should have died, but doesn't. And through the course of all this, she discovers that, oh, guess what? She's actually a witch. And she kind of meets people in what's called the old world. And it's the world of supernatural. So she meets some witches and she finds out in Colorado, there are still vampires in Colorado, but the werewolves have been banished from Colorado. And this book is kind of her sort of, um, emergence into this new world that she had no idea existed while she's dealing with the death of the the person who was closest to her, which is her twin. And she meets a sexy vampire and she has some feelings for her brother-in-law also. And um, she's getting training from a family of witches, but her magic is pretty dangerous. And so um, she's a person of interest to many people, as is her her niece. Um, who was kidnapped at the beginning. And so this book is about how she's kind of starting to come into her magic and figure out how to use it, how to control it, and how to kind of work within the structure of this new supernatural world that she had no idea existed. And like I said, it's one of the most clever books I've read in a really long time. So, um, and, and this author has written a few series, but if you want to read a really good book, um, it is called Boundary Cross by Melissa F. Olson. And it's the first in a trilogy about... Allison Alexandra, otherwise known as Lex. And I love it so much. I just want everybody in the world to go out and buy it right now. It was that good. I have to ask, is there a love triangle in this book? Not yet. No. Um, Not yet? No, I am about probably 30 pages from finishing. And and at this point in time, um, her first love ended up marrying her twin, Um, But then there's this very, very sexy vampire that she's very, very drawn to. Um, And so as of this book, even though there's still some residual feeling for this man who married her twin sister, 
Um, it doesn't have like the the classic love triangle annoyance because I hate those. those yeah, I do too. Yeah, yeah they turn me of off. They turn me off quite a bit. But the the world building this book is really great, and the writing is really. I don't know. It's really quite good. And there's a lot of action, not a lot of downtime. And it's just, just the way she's setting everything up in this book is really, really well done. So again, it's um, Boundary Cross by Melissa F. Olson. It's very good. So my last pick is a historical witch novel. And it is A Secret History of Witches by Louisa Morgan. And what drew me to this originally was the fact that it tells the story of several generations of witches within the same family. And so we start seeing these people in the early part of the 1800s, and it moves forward in time all the way up to World War II. Hmm. And it's, it's just incredible. So we start following this family, and they are of French descent. They're living in England now, and things aren't going very well for them. Um, people are out to hunt them. People are very, very afraid of, of witches and of gypsies, and they just they need to find a place where they can be safe. They end up living on this farm for quite a while. And that's where a few of these generations are, are born. But then things go south, as they generally do in these kinds of books, and they're forced to flee yet again. Um, there are some things that sort of make me think that this is more fantasy than historical fiction in some ways. Um, for example, there is a cat who is the familiar of one of the witches. And I swear this cat lives like 35 or 40 years. So. <laughs> um, and then dies as soon as um, the witch that he's bonded to dies. And there's a horse who is probably like 55 or 60 years old, um, who lives in, in kind of similar ways. So some of the, some elements of this are a little bit fantastical, but for the most part, it's, kind of historical fiction with some magic thrown in. It touches on some very serious issues. Um, we, we get to kind of see inside like some of the, the witch hunting that has gone on historically. Um, we also get to see the Queen of England during World War II, who is supposedly from a long line of witches herself. And we get to see a how possibly magic could have played into the Second World War. It is a delightful read, if not always easy, but I'm very, very glad that I read it. And it is, once again, A Secret History of Witches by Louisa Morgan. And that brings us to the end of our show. I want to thank Jen and Stacy for chatting with me about witchy greatness. I want to also say thank you to Christine for her marvelous editing work that she continues to do throughout these many episodes. I want to remind listeners that you can find us on Facebook by searching Book Bistro Podcast. You are welcome to join our group for listeners. We would love to have you. You'll see that linked on the Book Bistro page. You can send us an email with any kind of questions or feedback that you may have to thebookbistropodcast at gmail.com. 
And please feel free, if you are so inclined, to leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts or any other um, platform that you prefer. I hope all of you have a fantastic week. We will be back with you next week to talk about more fantastic books. Everyone take care and happy reading. Good night. Farewell. Good night.